At the tail end of 2022, we embarked on a new season of the CCBS podcast show. We interviewed Matt and Esther about their endearing testimony of adoption. Little did we realise when we started recording the gold we would unearth in the process. This profound account is an example to us all of enduring love, faith and determination in the face of adversity. After recording, we felt this episode deserved a place of its own at the beginning of the new series. It comes in two parts and this story will serve as a beacon of light to anyone who is thinking of adopting. It is educational, encouraging and uplifting. Without further ado, here are Matt and Esther as they launch a new Pondify podcast show. Tonight we have some very special guests and I feel quite privileged that that's the case. So first of all, on my left, and you can't see this, I'm aware of this, but on my left is our guest host, Noelle. How are you, Noelle? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. It's really good to see you. Thank you for coming and helping because, uh, frankly, you don't just want to hear my voice. But the reason we have a guest host is because we have two, well, one beautiful, beautiful, lovely guest with us and another host who's normally here. So Matt and Esther are our guests today. Hi, Esther first. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So would you like to tell us something about yourself and who you are? I am Esther. I have been in this church for my whole life I'm married to Matt and I'm absolutely loving the weather at the moment because it's been snowing and then there is this stranger I've never seen before in my life Matthew how are you I'm very very well oh my mother's here only my mother calls me Matthew and only when I'm naughty so nice (laughs) to meet you tonight we're going to talk about adoption it's the thing that we were asked, we did a survey recently um, on the first episodes we did and we asked people what they wanted to hear podcasts about and who they wanted to hear from. And you guys were one of the most popular suggestions. And by that, I mean, there were like half a dozen people suggested to talk to Matt and Esther about adoption. And of course, adoption, as we know, is very obviously a pretty biblical concept. So we're going to talk about your experiences in adoption because I know you're both very passionate about it mm-hmm. but we're also going to talk about a little bit about what adoption is in their uh, family of God and what adoption is in the Bible just to set the ground rules you set two ground rules the first one is your children are going to be named what eldest daughter and youngest daughter thank you and are we going to talk about their birth parents no we are not because that is our daughter's story and not ours to tell all right, big question we're talking about today. What does it mean to adopt and be adopted? How did it start? I'll kick us off then. When Esther and I were dating, before we were even engaged, we were taking our relationship very, very seriously. And we sat down and we, we, were, we were talking about what life would look like when we were married. Esther very bravely told me that she had something called polycystic ovaries, which meant, uh, or that she'd been told by the doctors, that it, it may be harder to conceive children um, when we were trying for a family and um, and she said you know would would that be an issue for me she wanted to let me know and I just said well, well look you know we'll, we'll try for our own children and if it doesn't happen we'll just adopt 
I thought, yeah, it's as easy as pie. And then we kind of left it. <laughs> we, uh, we we got married. Um, we've been married for, oh, help me, Esther, how many years? 11 years. Yeah, that's what you're here for, the numbers. We got married and a couple of years in, we, we started to think maybe we should start having another conversation about what life's going to look like, what family's going to look like. So how old were you when you married? I was 24. And I was 26. Okay, thank you. Carry on. Okay, so then my part of the story is that we're kind of thinking about future and is this the right time to have children when are we going to have children and one Sunday morning I was at church and being prayed for somebody asked for anyone that wanted prayer for kind of what the next stage of your life is going to look like and I thought yep that's me what's it going to look like timing wise etc and my friend Susan was praying for me and I just felt God say very clearly to me adopt your first child just heard it in my head knew it was God and thought wow that's that's huge I'm just gonna sit and think on that which I did so I didn't tell Matt I thought I'm just gonna you know let this stew for a little while I was thinking about it all week and praying about it and I remember one drive to work I said to God right okay if this is you if this was you speaking to me I want a clear sign on Sunday morning I want somebody to maybe ask if anyone wants prayer about adoption yeah I want it to be spoken about at the front and that Sunday morning it was a a charities morning at church and different people were getting up and talking about different charities that they were part of and involved in and one couple in the church Ian and Malini got up and shared their story of adoption and I thought wow that is a definite sign from God. On, on that same morning, again, Esther hadn't told me anything about this uh, <laughs> hearing from God, and Ian and Malini got up. And at the end of the time of each of the charities or things that people are passionate about, the leader of the meeting said, if anything has resonated with you, if you want prayer for anything here, um, just come up to the front and someone will pray for you. So I went forward for prayer. I didn't tell Esther what I was going forward for, for prayer for. And whilst I was being prayed for, I had a picture from God of a helicopter seed falling down from the tree, I think it's sycamore, and landed in some soil at my feet. And from the soil grew up this tiny little plant and then it turned into a sunflower. And in, in this picture, I saw myself dig the sunflower up, put it in a wheelbarrow and take it home and put it on my windowsill. And in that moment, I felt God basically say, look, this seed is going to come from some other place, but you're the one that's going to nurture it by taking it home. And yeah, I, I had that picture. And just like Esther, I kept my mouth shut. So I also had a picture of a, a seed being implanted inside me and it grew into a sunflower. And I knew that this was not a a baby to be birthed from me but this is the child that I would look after that God's kind of putting it inside me inside my heart so we're quite practical people I like to think we'd kept this very quiet <laughs> from one another kept kept this secret uh, yeah yeah that's that's it we talk a lot but again it was it was coming up to to the time maybe like a week or two later where again we we'd agreed that we would write a dream page i don't know if you've done a dream page before but basically you you write down if if money's no object all the different areas of life that you'd like to see, you know, that you'd envisage. And one of the things that I'd written down was adoption. And so we decided that on a particular day, on a particular evening, we'd drive out to the middle of nowhere and we ended up at a, like a lay-by near Duxford, <laughs> Duxford <laughs> Airport. How romantic. And, um, and we shared our dream pages uh, with one another. Now, I had written adoption on mine 
and I've seen that Esther had written adoption on hers and I found that very, very interesting. And quite late at night outside Duxford where we we shared what God had said to each other. I, like, I was just blown away because I was like, oh, wow, God's spoken to me, but God's spoken to my wife. Yeah at the same time and specifically the the picture of the sunflower so sunflowers are like uh, a big thing <laughs> for, for our family we love growing sunflowers in our front garden and people have drawn pictures and painted pictures of sunflowers and given them to us before and it's just i think it's just like a little reminder that god's dropping gifts like that on us yeah. to just go oh by the way yeah yeah i made this happen <laughs> you know he's not showing off but he is a little bit <laughs> through other people. So you kind of meet together, you tell each other what has happened and it's kind of a decision like of, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to adopt our first child. Was there any sort of like grieving process maybe that either of you went through in terms of coming to the understanding, at least for right now, we're not going to have our own or not our own, but biological children, but instead adopt. So for me, I think um, <clears throat> looking back at it now, I know that God knows me and is good to me that he said to me adopt your first child he didn't say only adopt children and never have your own babies yeah. because I thought then that's just that's what you do in life you kind of you get married and you have babies and then on to the next and the next you'll hear later on in our story that actually God is very kind and gave us two babies yeah. um when we thought we would just be adopting one so it's just God just knows you and knows where you're at and if I think if I'd heard only adopt children, I might not have done it. For me, there was no real grieving process because God's been really, really kind to me by making this feel like it's completely natural. We as Christians, we are adopted into God's family. Yeah, right. uh, it, that's his plan. He's our dad. We're, we're his kids. We come to this conclusion that we were going to adopt, but we didn't know how to, to go about it. So we, we met with um, Ian and Malini, who had, had gotten up and spoken about adoption that, that weekend. And they kind of gave us a real idea of the adoption process will, would be like. They didn't paint a pretty picture. They told us the truth. And that, that's what we needed. And they, they just gave us some guidance. And, uh, and the, the first part of the process was that we needed to go on some information evenings. Because it's, it's not like America where the parents, the birth parents are involved a lot right. in it. It's charities like Bernardo's or county councils. And so we arranged and to go on, on some um, information evenings. One basically said, well, you're too young. How old were we at this point? I think I was about 26. Yeah, I was 28 then. They basically said, look, you, you're too young. Why are you doing this? That put our noses out of joint. It was a bit, it felt it felt quite painful, so, you know, because it was like the first bit of rejection, so to speak, in this process. But we did go to Bernardo's and they explained a bit about the process. Bernardo's tend to deal with older children uh, and, and more difficult to place children. But we also went to the Essex County Council information evening. They were really, really informative. And, and for me, you know, you asked about the grieving process. That there was a, a an adoptive parent um, who got up at this information evening and she said that she'd got to the point in her life where she was more interested in being a mum than going through the process of giving birth. Yeah. And I, and I in, in my own mind, thought, well, actually, I'm more interested in being a father than passing on my genes. Yeah. And that's why I say it, it felt very, very natural and again, you know, in the natural process, you're the dad bit's done, you know, and then it's the mum for nine months. You know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. So maybe maybe it's easier. Um, I have, for I me. have five children and I can say that is absolutely correct. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Uh, um, 
but but yeah so we went on this this information evening and and they told us quite honestly like look you're living in a, a one-bed flat at the moment it's, it's, it's not it's not going to happen yeah so we lived in a one-bedroom flat and we knew that we uh, needed a house or a bigger flat um <clears throat> so we had already saved some money ready to buy somewhere but decided to take our time looking we found a house that was perfect for us um big enough in size we really liked it bought it settled down in there like took a little while to settle down and then decided to then go for it so did you buy the house because you wanted to adopt or did you buy the house because you were going to buy it anyway we wanted to buy a house anyway so we needed to buy a house first before we could then start the process to adopt how do you feel about that i didn't i didn't want to buy a house (laughs) 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 i i am i'm the nervous one around that and i was pulling my hair out thinking can we afford this can we afford this you know and god like again was very very kind to us in that the the main the main thing for me was we got the house because I wanted to to pursue what what life was going to be like as as this this adoptive family. Yeah. Wh- whenever we drive past my old flat in Newport, I always shout out the window, "Give me my flat back!" Um, uh, the kids have no idea what I'm on about, but Esther does. <laughs> so yeah, for for me, we got the house uh, b- because we wanted to adopt. That that was the main thing for me. I'd still be back in that one bedroom flat in Newport otherwise. You went for it. What does that mean? So we started the the adoption process. We filled out the paperwork. We filled. We told social services our um, family history, our growing up, what it was like growing up for us, and we went on a few day, a few courses with them about parenting. They told us more about what it's actually like adopting. We went on a three day parenting course with other people who were wanting to adopt who then became very good friends of ours yeah after all that paperwork we then had a social worker came round to our house for two hours every week for about eight weeks and she asked us absolutely everything about our life she interrogated us (laughs) is 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 what she did that was for me was like the most daunting part of the process we were really lucky we had a really lovely social worker called Zoe. I think she made things very, very comfortable for us. She yeah. she made it very, very easy for, for us to talk. It's easy for me to talk anyway, but she made it very, very easy for, for Esther to talk. <laughs> but she also really made us think about things. There's one particular time she, she came round. She knew that we were Christian. She said, you do know that God won't love you more if you adopt and he won't love you less if you don't. You do know that, don't you? And I that put my back uh, my back up um, a little bit, and and what she also said was, you you do realise that what you're doing is completely weird. She also said to us, um, I knew one family who wanted to adopt, and they were Christians, and they felt like God had told them to adopt, and they adopted a couple of boys, and they found it really hard, and they're divorced now. <laughs> Why did you want to adopt? Okay, so on the basic level of you wanted children, I get that. But why? Because God told us to. When God speaks to you, he puts something on your heart that you then pursue. So I had always known of people who were adopted, had friends who were adopted, friends who adopted children. And so it wasn't weird. It wasn't unusual. It was, for me, another a different way of having children. 
And I think when God spoke to us about it, he put it on our hearts. And as we pursued it, it was something we were passionate about. And and what did each of your families think about this process as you were going through it, as you told them, okay, this is something we're going to do, we're going to pursue it. How did that go? So I spoke to my family about it. My parents are in the church. I think my mum found it a bit strange at first, but was on board with it. You know, she's often on board with these things. My dad said to me, oh, but why? Why would you want to do that first? Why, why didn't you have biological children and then adopt? And I said, oh, well, God, God spoke to us about it. And he went, oh, all right then, go for it. My parents thought it was very strange. Even quite a way into the process, my dad was like, so how much are they going to pay you to adopt these children? I was like, dad, they're not paying us. That's not the way it works. This isn't the motive. We're not fostering, you know, to, but we're, we're adopting. These These are our children. He's like, oh, okay, fine. And what, what was also really helpful was that social services allowed us to send our parents on a course, again, to tell them, that this isn't going to be like having natural grandchildren. If I give you an example, with natural grandchildren, you socialise babies. You know, you pass them from person to person to person so they get used to being around different people. With adoptive children, you don't do that. You have to form a bond with that child. And bear in mind that these children, no matter what age they're adopted, they've come from some trauma. And that trauma can be being taken away from their, their birth family then bonding with a foster carer and then being taken away from that foster carer. There is um, trauma there. There is loss there. There is grief there. You know, you ask about our grief, but there's also the grief of, of our children that, that they went through. And, and it manifests itself in different ways. For example, our eldest come, came to, to live with us and be with us around like the end of November, early yeah. December. And so when we put up our Christmas decorations, our eldest goes a bit funny, mm. gets a bit distant, doesn't really want to behave um can throw tantrums sometimes and she doesn't know why but because i mean she came to us when she was nine months old but there's still something there there's still something about oh hang on what's this change what's this tree going up these lights going up you know what's this and it feels strange the deep stuff which doesn't necessarily show on the surface because whilst your children came to you as babies effectively it's still there The trauma is still there. Absolutely. So you were going through the adoptive process. You've had your social worker come round and quiz you, Mm -hmm. and she still quite likes you, which is a good (laughs) thing. What happened next? So then we went in front of a panel. Our social worker wrote a whole case about us, about why we are suitable to adopt. She took us to a panel of about eight to ten people. Some were doctors, some were teachers... Some were adopters, social workers. They have read our case. They know all about us and they ask us questions about why we want to adopt. We leave the room after asking, answering all these questions. They sit and talk and make a decision there and then as to whether we can be adopters or not. Was that intimidating? Yes. For me, no. <laughs> um, so es- Esther was literally shaking like as we were walking up to the room because it is intimidating. There's there's this group of people around this massive boardroom table and you're at the head of it. You're having to basically prove yourself that you can be parents. You don't have to do that <laughs> with, with your, your natural yeah. children. It's like, yeah, there you go. Okay, fine. Yeah, you've made it. It's yours. With, with us, we've been assessed. We've been interviewed. We've been weighed. They've gone through your entire lives. They go through your finances. They go through your home to make sure your home's safe. You know, you have to have safety catches on your cutlery 
um, drawer because there's knives in there. You have to have these safety catches under the sink because there's bleach under there and all that sort of See, stuff. My kids survived all of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we had to prove it. You know, we, we had to prove, yeah, we're responsible parents. We've got a set of stairs that lead from our uh, hallway into our living room. So we had to put up, what was it? Wasn't it two stair gates yeah. to show, you know, that, that actually we're serious about this. So we had to jump through all these different hurdles. And then finally, in front of these eight to 10 people who don't know you, some of them are smiling, some of them are not. It's quite scary. And then your social worker stands up and is an advocate for you and basically says, look, this is the reason why I think, based on the assessment I've done, Matt and Esther will make great adoptive parents. And she reads out the case. They ask you a few questions because they want to test that it's it's not just been information that's been fed to you to make you sound good. And then you go to another room and they leave you waiting for about 10, 15 minutes. Feels like an hour. And then they come down and they say yes or no. And and in our case, they said yes. <laughs> so when this uh, when this social worker was interviewing you, she was checking your finances and all the rest of that. Did she ask you any stuff which made you think well which she thought might put you off there there was the one time when she said um about it being weird and she said specifically if you were my children going through this process not trying to have natural children and going and choosing adoption instead i would tell them not to do it and she said i, th I think you should really think about this i was so angry with her i, I was really annoyed at her like she left and I just went from going, I really like her to, I can't stand this woman. But we thought so hard that entire week between the interview sessions, we thought so incredibly hard and we were like, you know, do we, do we want to do this? Is this right? Are we weird? We were questioning everything. Um, and then, it, then the week rolled around and she knocked on the door and she said, oh, <laughs> Matt, you're, I'm surprised you're letting me in. I thought I was going to get a, an email or a phone call from from you saying, you know, it's not going to happen. But that hasn't happened. So should we carry on? <laughs> we were like, yeah, and we were best friends again. It really tested us. Yeah. It really made us think. It wasn't, oh, God said this, so we're doing it. Yeah, there's that obedience. But there's also, do we really want to do this? Yeah. Do we? We know this is going to be tough. Yeah. We know that children are going to come with trauma. We know it's not going to look the same as having natural children. We know it's a bit odd, a bit weird, but do we really want to do this? Did God really say this? Uh, and we came to the conclusion, that yes. And not only that, but throughout our entire story, and we'll get onto some more of it, but God's been constantly dropping in r more reminders. Uh, another thing the social worker did do, I think the week before that really testing week, is that she took us to a group that ran in the village for children who have been adopted and their parents to go along to it was like a youth group so the children were a bit older and she took us round to every couple that she knew and she was like hi this is Matt and Esther and I would like you to tell them the hardest part about adopting <laughs> and she really wanted our eyes to be open to what it's actually like to parent a child that's been through trauma what I find quite amazing about this, this is just dawning on me as I'm listening, because I've heard this story before, is when you are part of a birth family, you just, you're in the family. That's the way it is. What's happened with you guys is you have had to very intentionally look at all of the things that most of us find really painful about being in a family but you don't get away you can't get away from it you've chosen to walk into that with your eyes open 
knowing that not only are your children coming or your child is coming but that when your child comes they're likely to be traumatized troubled they're likely to have some issues um no less lovable just i think that's amazing that's what god does with us though you know we're like we're we're broken um we've got mess we've got trauma god still runs to us with open arms he still pursues us he still loves us. He lavishes us with gifts, with his time, with his affection. Uh, I want to recommend a book. It's a book uh, by Krish Kandai, and um, it's called Home for Good. And it talks about loads and loads of different people throughout the Bible and then relates it to like a real life story. And, cool. and it's a fantastic book. We read that before we even went into the adoption process because actually when you know what God says about adoption what he thinks about adoption when it's his plan to grow his family where that's the way that he grows his family the primary way all of a sudden it make adoption as a first choice makes more sense or that's that's my opinion of it anyway speaking of knowing that you're adopting these children they're going to have the trauma of leaving their birth parents did you adopt them as babies or did you adopt them um, when they were older or what age were they when we were approved as adopters we were approved to adopt a child from birth to five years so we said that we would look for a child within that age category we were thinking realistically between the ages of two and five we've been told a lot throughout the adoption process that there are not there aren't babies to adopt. You don't come in here adopting babies. I think the point of that <clears throat> is to help people that are that have tried to conceive naturally to show them this is not a replacement baby. This child will be a child that comes from trauma that we need to be parented differently. This is not a kind of second best option a replacement baby so it really makes you think about do you want to parent a child or do you want to keep trying to have your own baby so we had got it in our heads that we were going to yeah adopt an older child and we were looking at profiles and our social worker had changed we had a different social worker our previous one had moved on and this social worker was a christian that we found out and um, we were talking to her one time she brought around a profile of a child and say you know it's not right and she said I think Esther you want a baby I think you want a baby and we were like oh okay and she said I know that Matt you want to parent an older child she said but Esther you won't if you get an older child you won't get to parent a baby if you get a baby you will then get to parent that older child she said Anessa you are going to be at home with this baby with this child and I think you need to speak up and say what you want and I think Matt you need to listen and I think she she knew something there that was something that we wanted we were we were saying we're not going to have biological children but God wasn't saying but you're not allowed a baby he was saying you know adopt these children these children are meant to be yours and and it was totally right you've already said you wanted children you've got daughters was it ever a thought of having sons or was it daughters how did you what did you choose so i i grew up with two sisters and i know that esther grew up uh, with two sisters for me it was like actually yeah like we want girls that was it we wanted girls didn't we it messed with my mind a little bit because for so long we had been told there's no babies. I understand why they say that. You met people who 
their babies die in the maternity ward. We met somebody who's who was born without a womb and we met people who had tried with IVF time and time again and it hadn't worked and they were just devastated and they too were told you're not going to get a baby every single one of those couples got babies but i think they just wanted to test us to say do you really want to do this because it's going to be a lot of work it's going to be hard they call it parenting plus there's a lot of romance attached to a baby though isn't there to have a baby yeah, there is, is a romantic thing to do i think there's a lot of romantic stuff attached to adoption as well though like oh it's such a lovely thing it's a privilege. Adoption is a privilege. Mm. Or that's what I feel um, anyway. I, I get quite embarrassed when people say, oh, well, that's a lovely thing you're doing. And I just think, no, this is just the thing that God's told me to do. Yeah, He's told me and my wife to do. It's the template for our family. God's adopted me. Why can't I adopt other children? And again, like I, I don't look at my, my girls and think, you're adopted. You're different. No, you're, you're mine. So, again, when you go through the adoption process, we spend, I think it's like six months, maybe a little bit more, being approved just to be told by this panel of people, yeah, you can be parents. That doesn't mean to say that you get a baby straight away. You have to go through more processes and something called matching. And that's the hardest part. Then you go back to work on Monday morning and you just wait and you wait we were fortunate we only waited five months. It seems like a very short amount of time now, but when you're in it, it's a very long five months, knowing that your child is probably out in the world somewhere, waiting for you to be their parent, but there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. There, You can't email your social worker over and over and over and hurry her up because it doesn't work. Yeah. I tried it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we just waited and you've got people asking you, have you heard anything yet? And they are asking out of love and, you know, wanting the best for you. But it, it was hard just waiting. Yeah. Imagine if everybody knows, like your entire circle of friends and family know that you're trying for a baby. And every single week when they see you, they say, are you pregnant yet? Mm. If It was like that. I found that particularly hard. As I said, we'd met other friends on these parenting courses and we'd been all been approved all, all the couples had been approved and we're at a barbecue and they knew we wanted a girl like they like everyone knew what everybody wanted because you know you're quite open you're quite exposed in in that environment and um and at the end of the barbecue one of the couple said oh we got some news we've been matched with a little girl and there's a little girl coming to live with us a baby and i just looked at esther and oh my days like you were just you were distraught, weren't you? Yeah, I I thought that they had were going to be adopting our child. You know, you're kind of yeah. thinking, I'm I'm waiting for a baby, and and you have got this baby, which just sounds perfect for us, but actually, definitely was not meant to be our child. But at the time, it hurts. Yeah, I mean that that baby is definitely their baby. <laughs> like like yeah, no, knowing <laughs> knowing them, their family, and know and knowing that little girl, yeah, she's totally in the right spot <laughs> for for that one. But but it was still it's, it was still upsetting because it was like, well, we we've been approved first. Why are you matched first? You know. So how did you get past that, Esther? Because that's must that's quite a strong feeling, and that that's one of those feelings that's like a worm that gets into your psyche. How did you get past that? Well, I emailed our social worker and said, have you heard anything? And and I said, and I was honest and I said, 
that we had met with friends and this had happened um, and it's really hard. And then she came around and met with us, said that I did the right thing to email her and to be honest about how I was feeling. The other thing is, is that well, in, in this waiting, again, God was really, really kind on two occasions that so we'd gone on holiday and it was it was really stressful at work I had a lot on my mind you know we got all this we'd had all this flurry of activity and then nothing for ages and I was sat on the coach from the airport to our hotel in Turkey and I closed my eyes and I just said like God what's going on like when's when this when's this gonna happen and he very very clearly said to me in two weeks you're gonna hear something two weeks so I thought okay I'll enjoy my holiday so the week's holiday went by and then we got back and then it was another another week to the day that was an email or a phone call I got a phone call from our social worker and I could hear in her voice and she said Esther I've got a profile for you and I knew that this was different the way that she was excited talking to me I thought she knows something here she had a profile of this baby I was getting ready to go and meet Matt in London for a night out. We were going to go to the theatre and we were at dinner beforehand talking about the information she told me. We were waiting for the email to arrive with the profile and it arrived just before the, the show. We read it and we watched the show but we didn't really watch the show because we were so excited because his profile just sounded perfect. I thought, I think this is, I think this is my baby. 